0: everyone and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up all you cock and balls and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. I am forever to the Gamecock and joining me as always is all ball Tyler McDaniel T-Mac. What is going on buddy?
1: Oh not a lot. It's another red Friday. It's another rainy Friday. And it's the first day of December. Big shout out to my father. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday dad.
0: Happy birthday Elder McDaniel. How about you, man? Uh, Of course, it's a continuation of some of the the nightmares and headaches that I've been having to deal with this week, but alas, we are still trying to make things happen and and continue bringing everybody our thoughts and and outlooks and everything else on the the world of college football. So, um, This is, of course, championship weekend. We are now in the time of year where conference champions are going to be decided and of course um, we'd be remiss to not mention the current playoff situation um, which now has Georgia, uh, Michigan, Ohio State and if I'm not mistaken I believe uh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State and if I'm not mistaken it was still Florida State but there is a definitive possibility that Florida State could very easily get knocked out this weekend after this championship game. So it's not fully decided at this point as to who's going to be playing for the national title, but the the picture is definitely becoming a lot clearer unless we have just some major shakeups over the course of this weekend.
1: If you listen to Feinbaum, he would say Florida State Fine doesn't Bomb. belong in it because who'd they beat? They beat Louisville, who got beat by Kentucky. Right. He believes so, Bama, I mean, Obama or Washington still belongs in that. I can see Washington, I Bama, don't... with only having the one loss. Yeah, no. is is
0: is a possibility now? Are is Washington one of the top best four teams in the country? No, Mm-mm. no. On on neutral field, I would definitely give the spot over someone else. But you know, you're going to have a majority of the college football. Public, the fandom, that is only going to look at and see how many ones are in or how many numbers are in that lost column, and if there's not anything in the lost column, then they feel like their team deserves to be playing for some sort of championship. But as we we look at it, I mean, you can look at this and the fact that Liberty University of the Conference USA Championship is ranked 24th in the country, and they're 12 and 0, but. I'd Are you gonna put against, Liberty
1: against Alabama?
0: God no. No, in no capacity, in no world, in no alternate reality, do I think that Liberty has the capacity in any uh, place to be able to to outplay anybody else that is in the top twenty five in any capacity? Well, I mean honestly you proved put it Liberty last year too against a portion of people that aren't. In the top twenty-five, including my Gamecocks, just because I know that they would probably wind up that Liberty would wind up getting their butt spanked, even by you know South Carolina, who wound up going
1: five and seven this year. Well, and TCU proved last year that it doesn't matter about your record; they didn't belong in that Final Four game. Oh God, no! But
0: Again, how, how could people wind up? But that's a situation where there needs to be some more division amongst the, the different conferences, the Power Five, the Group of Five, uh, Conference USA. Whatever the case may be, there needs to be some more, I don't want to say division, but there needs to be more. If if you are not capable of reaching this like X dynamic or whatever, for being in the Power Five schools, then you don't need to be ranked the same way that the Power Five schools are. It needs to be a completely separate, and that's probably what everything is going to wind up eventually working towards. Mm -hmm. As it stands, and everything does actually get started fairly early, speaking of Liberty, for the Conference USA Championship, they will be taking on New Mexico State. Yes, the same New Mexico State that beat Auburn not too long ago is going to be playing for the Conference USA Title uh, that is going to be on the uh, uh, CBS affiliate being played in Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia. It will be New Mexico State with a 10 and 3 record, 7 uh, 1 in Conference USA, taking on Liberty University, who has a 12 0 record, 8 uh, 0, of course, in Conference. Right now, Liberty is sitting at a 10 and a half point favorite with the over under for that gating games sitting at 57 and a half points and if you're you know want to talk about some of the other things that we generally mention uh, as of late with these games uh it is going to be a brisk 35 degrees at kickoff for that game which is slated for 7 p.m. this evening and if you want to go for a conference championship game you too can still attend and find tickets for as low as $25. To
1: a conference championship
0: game. Yes. And no, that is not the cheapest one that is on our list today. Believe it or not, there is one that is, there are actually two that are cheaper, quite a few that are cheaper, um, including the Sunbelt Championship, the American Athletic Championship, The Mount West Championship, the MAC Championship, and believe it or not, the Pac 12 Championship is wow. Then the Conference USA Championship tickets, and that game is being played in Las Vegas, New Mexico State Liberty. With the, I haven't seen Liberty take on. Anybody, I'm pulling up their schedule here real quick just to see who who all uh, they have played um, outside of Conference USA. And they did not play anyone outside of uh, their main conference throughout Mm. the season. Um, And they have actually already beat New Mexico State once this year, and that was their second game of the season. But yeah, uh, their margin of victory throughout a majority of the season has been rather high, um, with the closest being versus uh, Sam Houston, it looks like. And the final score in that one was uh, 21-16. to So a five-point differential in that one being the closest margin of victory for the Liberty Flames for the entire season. Uh, New Mexico State... On the other hand, uh, of course, did wind up playing Auburn outside of conference. And that would be the New Mexico State Aggies, if you were wondering who their mascot was. Um, but they played you know teams like Massachusetts, Western Illinois, of course, Liberty, New Mexico, Hawaii, uh, Florida International, UTEP, Louisiana Tech. Several different, you know, m- m- seemingly more... Uh, uh, tougher teams, uh, but the biggest one, of course, was that huge win over Auburn in Jordan-Hare uh, whenever they won 31-10. And, of course, uh, New Mexico State's largest margin of victory right now, honestly, I believe is against Western Illinois where they won 58-21. to um, so a sizable margin of victory there, and their lowest margin of victory came against Jacksonville State, um, which the Gamecocks played. Uh, those are the other Gamecocks, and that's Jacksonville, Alabama, not Florida. And they won, like I said, 20-17 to 17 over them. So for me, honestly, not having watched too much of it uh, or too much of either of these programs – um, and not knowing much of anything, honestly, this is one of those kind of pick em situations. And for me, I'm going to go with the team that actually played somebody.
1: And even though they lost the first go-around, give me New Mexico State in this one. Interesting. Interesting choice. I'm, I'm still very high on Liberty's coach. I think someone plucks him away in the offseason. season. To either be an OC or <clears throat> a head coach somewhere. He's a young gun, brilliant mind. Um, he's the one that I that I I, I talked about last episode where I was like, if if these younger coaches like Heipel and Beamer, they should zero in on this guy uh and try to get right. him on their on their staff. But I would probably honestly go with New Mexico State too. Liberty is is good, but It's kind of like this old adage that you like to say, iron sharpens iron. If you don't play anyone, truly play anyone, but like high school teams, basically, um, and no offense to high school teams or D2 or anything like that, but if you don't have some strength in your schedule, then yeah, you're going to make it far, but what you make it to, you might not be prepared for. Right. I don't I don't see Liberty being prepared and I see New Mexico State being like well we we're a little rugged and we've lost and we've actually played some tough teams so we made changes
0: making those adjustments I mean yeah you hear about all the time oh they made some adjustments at halftime and look what they've done whenever they've come out in the second half New Mexico State played Liberty in the first half of their season And they have come out in what would be the second half and made adjustments. And looking at Mexico State's schedule, all three of their losses came in the first half of the season. They went undefeated throughout the last stretch of their season, including one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins in a row to finish out the season after losing to their opener against Massachusetts third game of the season. Against Liberty, and then fifth game of the season against Hawaii.
1: Yeah.
0: Other than that, like I said, they have been massive victories and then they have seemingly been able to score more points against their competition than what Liberty has throughout the season thus far. Yeah, definitely New Mexico State. Agreed. But of course, defenses, defenses win championships and and we'll see which one of them has the better defense. And that may be the key to this game. So it could be. We'll see. The other game tonight number five, Oregon taking on number three, Washington. Tickets for this one, believe it or not, are as low as $15. And this is for the Pac 12 championship in the last season of its existence, period. Now, of course, the singular loss on Oregon's record right now is to Washington during the regular season, and they are going to be facing off against each other for the conference championship tonight at 8 p.m. on ABC, and that, like I said, is being played in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. I would give you the temperature, but it does not matter because that is a completely indoor stadium or covered stadium. So it is climate controlled. But like I said, tickets are as low as $15. The line currently sits at favoring Oregon by nine and a half points in this one, with the over under being 65 and a half points. They are expecting a shootout with this one. It is Bo Nix once again versus Michael Penix Jr. for the Pac 12 championship. Who's coming out on top?
1: Normally in the wrestling industry, this would be the rematch. And then a few months down the road, we'd see the rubber match. Because the way they would tell the story in the ring, in the squared circle, is Washington got the win during the season. Oregon would get this win. Now, if this were wrestling, at the next big pay-per-view, you'd have the rubber match. Doesn't work that way in football. (laughs) I could see them, if Oregon pulls this out, and they both only have one loss. If Oregon, yeah, that Oregon would be beats, the case.
0: Then who? Then who, who goes takes that to, spot?
1: Who takes yeah. that third spot?
0: This is where the committee, the quote unquote committee, comes into play, and they have to sit there and try to decide based off of the the resume. And the resume for these teams would honestly just be who have they played throughout the season, and. Looking at the two teams' schedules, I mean, Oregon, with Oregon, they played Portland State, Texas Tech, Hawaii, Colorado, uh, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, Utah, California, USC, Arizona State, Oregon State, and, of course, getting ready to come back up again and go up against Washington. Now, whenever they played Washington earlier in the season, Washington at that time was ranked number seven, and they only lost by three points. And if I'm not mistaken, that wound up being a walk-off field goal for that one. So, I mean, it came down to the wire, and looking at it in this instance, they wound up scoring 69 points in that game total. So the the over-under for this game, as it stands, is fairly spot-on. And since they are both Pac-12, I mean, you go look at Washington's schedule, it's going to be much of the same. Um, the bigger – tests on this schedule for Oregon would of course been Washington, uh, Utah, USC and Oregon State. That being said, we already talked about the, the closeness of the score between you know Washington and Oregon against uh, Utah they beat them 35 to 6 USC was 36 to 27 and Oregon State they beat them 31 to 7. So, all of their major competition, with the exception of USC, which was led by the previous year's Heisman winner, mm-hmm. they still managed to beat him by nine points. So, it was a multiple possession game, even at that point. And then, if you turn around and look at Washington's side, like I said, I mean, they've played basically the same people because it is the same, of course, conference. But, I mean, they played Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State, California, Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, Stanford, USC, Utah, Oregon State and Washington State. In this instance, of course, their biggest challenges would have been Arizona State, which they won 15 to 7, USC which they won 52 to 42, Utah 35 to 28 and Oregon 22 to 20. So honestly, they're basically in the same like same boat as it were, but Oregon in what would have been their in state rivalry, the Oregon, Oregon State versus the Washington versus Washington state rivalry. Oregon took care of their in state rival rather handily while mm-hmm. Washington in the the Apple Bowl or whatever it is that they call it only won by three points. So I took Oregon in this game earlier in the year. I lost that one. I, I'm not going to change my mind later in the season. I'm going to go with Oregon again to be able to take this one, and they are going to win by more than the three points that they lost by in the first one. But that over-under is probably still going to be 65-plus points.
1: Well, you know, here you got a a battle – between two candidates for the Heisman. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Not our official pick. Ours is obviously LSU boy, uh, Jaden. But these are two at least top five contenders for the Heisman this year, going to duke it out. It's a rematch game. Oregon, I do think, has the edge this time because I I really don't want to say it was a fluke win on Washington's part. It's just one of those things where, you know, those those final minutes are ticking down and they something happened and they got within field goal range. But the fact that Oregon did better against their in-state rival, like you said, says a lot because Oregon State was 18 and Washington State was unranked. I do think the edge goes to Oregon on this one. And if they win, even though it's tied – they may go ahead and put Oregon, Oregon takes in the spot, yeah, because of points we- scored and strength of schedule and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: and that's some of those other factors that the the quote unquote committee is going to have to take into account whenever they are figuring out who the final four for the 2023 season is. Of course, before we move into the 2024 full fledged season. And we have a twelve-team playoff as opposed to a 14 team playoff. Um, going back and touching just a second on the fact that uh, this is a battle of Heisman finalists, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, you know we we collectively are wanting to keep it in the SEC, and yes. have, you know made Jaden Daniels our our front runner, our Absolutely. our favorite for this one. Here's the problem, and this is something that that happens all the time is because there are so many tallies in the loss column for LSU it seems like the people who who assign this award take that into way too much consideration they're not looking at the the overall performance of the quarterback himself in its entirety they're wanting to add the fact that there are a number of wins and more specifically losses that have have been added to that stat but the thing about it is, is it shouldn't have any sort of bearing whatsoever
1: because at the end of the day under I'm on, I've always been growing up and watching and all that under the impression that this trophy is a performance trophy, not a team trophy. It's the performance of this individual. An individual, and the problem
0: is, with that too, it's always, most all the time goes to a quarterback whenever you can have a receiver or a running back, or for that matter even a defensive player who does more than what a quarterback would on the season, yet More times than not, this award winds up being given to a quarterback above any other one. Why not just go ahead and call it a
1: quarterback? Award? Like in his final season of the year, Peyton Manning came in at number two and Charles Woodson at number one, a defensive player, won it that year.
0: Which is ridiculous because, I mean, like I said, but – not ridiculous in the fact that, you know, someone other than a quarterback won it or that it was sure. the fact yeah. that it was against, you know, Peyton Manning or whatever. But yeah. still, I mean, if you're going to more times than not award it to a, a quarterback, quarterback. Then, yeah. then then make it a quarterback award and come up with something else that is, you know, a a best overall player. I mean, you've got it in the uh, uh professional League, I mean, you've got best overall player or league MVP, which, again, that one typically winds up going to a quarterback as well. Yes. But, more, you know, you've had more times to where it it, it, it hasn't than in the collegiate ranks. Um, But, I mean, of course, like you've got the Bolitnikov, which is for the receiver. You've got the Groza for the kicker. You've got the, you know, all these different awards for the different positions. Like I said, have a a – you know, an MVP that is a true MVP and not based off of a yeah. certain position. Yeah. So I agree. Like I said, it's one of those things where other sports have them too. So so why can't college football? Yeah. Just like all other sports have a uh uh beginning of season scrimmage uh uh, yes. uh exhibition game as it were. Everybody but college football so it's time for that
1: type of stuff to start absolutely i i completely agree i think so many different so many other teams seasons would start so much differently if they had pre-seasons the way that all sports do i mean why not why not bring it to the ncaa if we're already about to extend the playoff and then let's extend the season by a few weeks even just two have two preseason games and it can be against, you know, you can make it interstate fun. You can make it BCS versus FBS. You can make it. These are the, this, these are the games you can kind of reach outside the realm a little bit and be right. like this preseason, the next 2024 this, Tennessee's kicking this, it off against USC. Like never. That's not a regular thing you'd ever hear. So let's have some fun no. with it. But these would also,
0: game. yeah, these would also be the games to where I wouldn't mind, you know, paying uh, an opponent to come in, and if something did go awry for whatever reason, like the New Mexico State versus Auburn, paid them, you know, one point three million dollars to come in and then lose to them. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have it be a situation where, oh, that's a preseason, so that way at least that team could then be like, oh, well. It was preseason. We yeah. weren't we were in form yet. Yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't that affect that your overall a, schedule. A, not that that would make it that much better. However, like you said, yeah, the, the more important thing is the fact that it just wouldn't affect the, the win-loss column mm-hmm. um, as it would for the regular season games. Uh, moving on into Saturday, uh, we are going to be starting with the – uh, earlier slated of games, of course, uh, still continuing in our lower conferences before we get to the bigger boy conferences, as it were. As um, and this one is funny, uh, you have the MAC championship, which is basically a full-on Ohio-based bowl game uh, or conference championship game, because on ESPN at noon. Miami of Ohio will be taking on Toledo. And can you guess where they're playing? Bengals stadium. No, they're actually traveling to Ford field to play in Detroit, Michigan. That
1: makes a lot of sense.
0: Right? So uh, two Ohio teams are traveling to Michigan to yeah. be able to play. Uh, if you want to enjoy your very own seats for the MAC Championship, for the Ohio Bowl. Uh, You, too, can enjoy this game where tickets, and this is probably the lowest price that I've seen for any tickets, any time that we've been doing this, uh, and you, too, can enjoy your very own seat for as low as $3. Jeez. Um, I would take the entire staff. (laughs) <laughs> of right? the distillery. Right. Uh, if we could get tickets for as low as $3 for a conference championship game. Um, this one is going to be a really quick one. Uh, right now, the uh, Miami, Ohio, uh, 10 and 2 record, 7 and 1 in conference. Uh, and Toledo is 11 and 1, 8 0 in conference. Um, line is Toledo is favored by a touchdown with the over under on this game sitting at 43 and a half. Uh, Vegas definitely thinks this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Uh, 45 is roughly the threshold. Um, 45 and up, it's a a barn burner, a shootout, 45 or lower, and it's a Snoop's Fest. And in this case, uh, I know very little about either one of these. This one for me is simply just a – random pick, a coin toss, if you will. And if I had to give a specific reason for picking this team, I like the Toledo uh, emblem or logo better than I do the Miami of Ohio. Uh, The Toledo logo is simply the word Toledo with a rocket above it, while Miami, Ohio is just a big red M. Um, So for artistic flair, (laughs) I'm going with Toledo
1: to take this one. respect that. I know even less about these two teams than that. And I'm, I'm just going to side with you. I like the word Toledo better than Miami, Ohio. I mean, it's one of those types of words. If you were to change the uh,
0: the phonetics of it, mm-hmm. like it's Toledo. So what mm-hmm. uh, uh, would well, be a long O, a long E, and a long O. If you were to change that up, you could make it like a a, a character name or a town name for a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign yes, or something like that. It'd be like Toledo.
1: We put Holy Toledo in our Holy American. Toledo. We yes, say Holy Toledo a lot down here in the south. That, I'm gonna go with that. Toledo. Might be
0: something for
1: yeah. That might be something
0: that for the between two barrels, we're gonna have to look up and see where that particular Holy Toledo. That that slang came from all right so yeah both of us are going to be taking the uh taking toledo on this one so for this game we're temporarily going to become yes the toledo rockets all right moving on uh and probably one of the if you ask my wife she's going to say one of the prettiest fields in all of college football um, I personally think that it is one of the ugliest fields in collegiate football, so much so to where I have seen times to where the the players of this particular team um, have used the field to their advantage in, in causing some dissension or some confusion to their opponents. And I'm, of course, talking about Boise State. Boise State will be taking on UNLV for the Mountain West Championship and this one is probably one of the craziest overall records of two teams that are going to be facing off against each other because Boise State currently sits at a 7-5 record, 6-2 in the Mountain West, taking on UNLV who has a 9-3 record and a 6-2 record in the Mountain West Conference. So Boise State, just barely bowl eligible, is actually going to a conference championship game that will also be taking place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tickets for this one as low as $25, so a little bit more expensive and what is expected to be a bit better game. Uh, on Saturday, as opposed to Friday, uh, but the same in Allegiant Stadium there in Vegas. Boise State right now is favored by two points in this game, with the over/under being sixty and a half points. What do you think about
1: this? I always used to think as a kid that there was something wrong with our TV anytime my dad or grandfather oh, would be whenever, on a Boise, State, Boise State game. game. Yeah. If they were at home, I'd always go, what's wrong with the TV? Nothing. That's their field. I, I, I love Katie. She's a sweetheart. But that is the ugliest field in football. It's terrible. Yes, the Boise
0: State Broncos field. I have actually seen where a Bo- Boise State player will lay down on the field or lay down in the end zone during a kickoff and the the opposing team thinks they are kicking off to uh uh an empty position or an empty place on the field and then Mm -hmm. next thing you know lo and behold this person pops up off the deck and catches
1: the ball and takes off i'm going unlv mainly because in boise states field well they didn't play each other in any capacity
0: But looking at their schedule, the losses for Boise State are to, uh, at the time, what would have been number 10 Washington to begin in their season. Uh, Now Washington is, of course, ranked fourth in the country. They also lost to uh, UCF, Central Florida. They lost to the Memphis Tigers. They lost to the Colorado State, and they lost to Fresno State but have victories over North Dakota, San Diego State, San Jose State, Wyoming, New Mexico, Utah State, and Air Force. UNLV schedule I mean it's not much different in terms of you know who they played. Uh, but as far as their losses, their losses came against Michigan. Um, yes, number two Michigan. Uh, they lost 35 to 7 in that game. Uh, Fresno State was one of their other losses at 31-24, which Fresno State also beat Boise State. And then San Jose State was their other loss. Um, and those are some very close games. So honestly, I mean, to me, this is almost like the NFC North right now. It's like everybody, everybody's record sucks, but somebody's got to be put up as the – the front runner for that particular division. Yeah. So I mean, this is one of those types of games and honestly it's one of those that falls so low on my radio on my radar that I honestly don't even really, you know, have any interest in this one. Yeah. Um and the, the line is so close on it that I honestly wouldn't even put this one on on a parlay or sort of betting. But, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you just because of my disdain for the color of the field. Give me UNLV in this one. Absolutely. Uh, But that one is going to be 3 o'clock on the Fox Network. Next up, 4 p.m. on ABC at the Yulman Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana, where we're going to have one of the better temperatures for any of the games that are going to be happening over this weekend. Weather expected to be at a nice, warm 68 degrees at kickoff that is going to be the American Athletic Championship, where SMU takes on number twenty-two and formerly part of the SEC Tulane Green Wave. Tickets to that one will be low, as low as eleven dollars. The line currently sits in favor of Tulane, but only by a three-point margin. Over/under in this game set currently at forty-seven and a half. Um, SMU ten and two. Eight, no, in conference. Tulane, eleven and one, eight, no, in conference. Very similar schedules, uh, very similar records. Both of them, respectively, going undefeated in their particular conference divisions. Um, but I'm going to take Tulane in this one. Um, one. Uh, They used to be part of the SEC, so, I mean, they have at least at some point in time in their history have had enough strength and dominance to be considered as part of the Southeastern Conference, which, of course, is, regardless of what anybody says or any time that they have a down year or two, the SEC, of course, is the most dominant conference in all of collegiate sports. And I'd honestly wind up putting those guys, well, at least to some of the teams, up against any professional team. Yes. most professional teams out there and think they'd be able to hold their own.
1: Yes. Um, But yeah, give me the green wave in this one. Give me the green wave too. Bring them back to the SEC. Let them follow suit and with another team in 2025, come back to the SEC. I have never had an issue with Tulane. Who else would I take with Tulane? Since there has to be yes. two join at the same time. I would also hmm. I would partially want it to be one of the Carolina teams. Or are like just in general, or are you like either either North Carolina him? or Clemson. I gotcha. Just so both of them uh, can actually see the situation a regular season that's difficult
0: oh yes
1: see how easy they've had it uh yeah one of them can come in with Tulane, or just so i could have another sec team to cheer for just for the fun of it bring the shanta Claire's to the sec (laughs) i'd wear i'd wear a shanti hat when they weren't playing tennessee there you go um so some of
0: the other teams, of course, being uh, former members, of the University of the South, or Sewanee, uh, the Sewanee Tigers. Okay. Uh, um, Georgia Tech left the SEC in 1964, um, and it was said due to the controversy over the conference's lack regulation of recruiting and scholarships, a uh, Georgia Tech athletic director and head football coach, Bobby Dodd, Name sounds familiar, had lobbied the league to establish rules prohibiting several practices, particularly the oversigning of players by Alabama coach Bear Bryant. Wow. When league members voted against tightening the rules, Dobb withdrew the Yellow Jackets athletic program from the SEC. Georgia Tech eventually joined the Southern Conference offshoot, the ACC, in 1978.
1: Bring Georgia Tech in with Tulane, too, and it would make a lot of sense. They are just right down the road in Atlanta, after all.
0: Yeah. Why and not? then Tulane left in 1966, just two years later. The school sports teams were competitive in the early days of the conference. However, like Sewanee, the private institution's programs found it difficult to compete against large state universities. This was particularly true of football. Tulane's 1949 SEC championship squad was the last to post a winning record in conference play and Tulane decided to leave the league in 1966 and considered dropping to lower levels of NCAA competition or even ending its football program altogether to focus on academics. However, the school remained in D1, and the Green Wave has competed in the AAC conference since 2014. Hmm.
1: Interesting, interesting. Give me Tulane in this game, and... Uh... I would like to see Tulane back in that. I mean, as we've said multiple times, we don't have to hit it again. Uh, we we definitely think that we are heading more to a, a two party football system in the coming future. Uh, so I would imagine Tulane, Georgia Tech, those names will be incorporated back into what would probably be considered the the East or whatever whatever we get to. Uh, but oh, I'm yeah. sure. Give me the Unless they wave. do
0: this as a as a uh horizontal division for collegiate football with the the two, um, uh, you probably have the NFC and the SFC, uh, Northern yeah. Football all Conference the, and the Southern Football Conference, the and literally and just run all horizontally across the entire country, yeah. like even like University of Southern California, USC would be part of the Southern Football Conference. And then, you know, your Washingtons and, and Oregons and stuff like that would be all part of the, the Northern. That but then you cool. would have, you know, Oklahoma the is, is part of the, the Southern, but then Iowa, which is not a huge distance away, um, would be, you know, part of the Northern at that point. So... Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, we definitely think we are getting to that. We both have the green wave. Go to lane. Good luck to both teams. Ooh, and this this next one I also could care less about.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, another 4 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. This one taking place in Troy, Alabama. And it's very, very rare that you actually find a conference championship game that takes place in a home stadium uh, or there be an actual like home team for this. Wow! Um, but believe, believe it or not, this game is going to be taking place at Veterans Memorial stadium in uh, Troy, Alabama. So basically the Troy Trojans uh, for their Sunbelt championship are going to have home field advantage as they take on eight and four, uh, six and two in conference Appalachian state. Uh, kickoff for this one expected to be a fairly warm fifty-eight degrees. If you do want to attend this game, uh are in Alabama because most of Alabama is going to be in Flor or Georgia uh for that weekend or for this weekend. Um, you two can go see this game for as low as eighteen dollars. Line on this one sets in favor of Troy by five and a half points over under on this game currently sets at fifty two and a half again for the Sunbelt Championship. <sighs> I don't know if it's not really having anything vested in this game or not having watched anything about this game. Um, something tells me, though, that even though Troy is going to have what would be home field advantage, they do have the better record, um, 10-2 and versus App State's 8-4. and uh, this is one that my gut tells me App State is going to come in and, and cause some ruckus. And uh, I am I am all about rooting for an App State team that is not coached by Eli
1: Drinkwitz. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to take App State in this one. They've got one or two in every single season upsets. They are known as Upset University in my mind. No one upsets uh, quite like App State does. I'm all for that.
0: That's actually a good moniker. That is actually a good moniker for them. Uh, And I think I will start referring to them as Upset You. Upset Uh, You. And that being App State. Heck yeah. Uh, (laughs) Glad that we see eye to eye on that. Uh, That actually wraps up what would be the lower end games. Now we actually get into the Power of Five games for this weekend. We are going back to the noon kickoff on ABC at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas as number 18, Oklahoma State takes on the number seven, Texas Longhorns, or as you like to refer to them,
1: the fake UT. The fake UT. The other orange. The ugly orange. Um... And this is going to be an
0: orange battle, as it were, with of course Oklahoma State, yes. uh, and Texas, both being that burnt orange color. Uh, tickets for this one as low as forty nine dollars. Line is currently favoring Texas by fifteen points in this one, with the over under setting at fifty four and a half. And if you had, if you didn't already have enough reason to not like this game because of it involving the fake UT. This is also referred to as the Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship. Mm, good
1: sponsor. Good sponsor. Taking good place. sponsor, just hate that it's attached to these teams. Yeah. Taking place in my Cowboys Stadium. Yes. Dallas fresh off a, a nice, pretty win against Seattle. I don't know about pretty, but it well, was definitely a win. It was definitely a win. was well, not pretty.
0: I know um, my fantasy team did not benefit in any capacity from that game. As a matter of fact, I think I got out of two people playing being the Dallas defense and Rico Dowdle.
1: I, I had, managed to uh, finish with 0.2 points out of, I had CD lamb playing. So I, you know, and, and here's the thing. I've said it a couple of times in this show. I've never had an issue with Oklahoma state. I always have an issue with Texas and their their arrogance like they've been around before us, which is false. However, a Manning is playing for Texas.
0: That's true, and he did get some playing time not too long ago. He did
1: get some playing time. I do like the Manning family, even the ones that didn't play at Tennessee. Um, Give me Texas in this game.
0: Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I definitely think that it is going to be a Texas victory for this one and a good way for them to springboard into the SEC next year, um, which, of course, is going to give us plenty to talk about during the offseason, especially with all the portal movement, uh, possible portal movement, and everything else that's starting to happen right now. And one of the things that I really hope, doesn't happen because uh, Antoine Juice Wells yeah. um, is planning on entering oh, the transfer yeah. portal because he was going to be playing with Spencer Rattler. And since Rattler decided to go ahead and go on to the NFL, uh, Juice has decided to take his talents elsewhere. And most indicators are saying that he is more than likely going to f- find himself a Longhorn. Oh, uh, I. Definitely am not a fan of that. Um, I'm honestly not a huge fan of of Texas joining the SEC in this capacity. I don't know how often South Carolina is going to have to play them. Um, But for the purposes of this, I I agree with you. I am going to take the fake UT and pick Texas to take the victory in this one against Oklahoma State. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Next up, we are going to a 4 p.m. kickoff, and that is going to be – actually, let's go a little bit further Yeah, because uh, we're going to come back to that one. Let's Both of these other games yeah. are going to be 8 p.m. kickoffs, uh, one being the Big Ten and the other one being the ACC Championship. ACC Championship is taking place – Uh, at 8 p.m. on ABC, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. They are going to be playing in the Panthers Stadium, and that is going to be number 14, Louisville, taking on number four, Florida State. Louisville comes into this one 10-2 on the season, 7-1 in conference, taking on number four, Florida State, who is currently undefeated, sitting at 12-0 overall, 8-0 in conference play. But, of course, down their star quarterback at the moment. Uh, tickets for this game as low as $34. Uh, current line sitting at FSU as being only a two-point favorite in the over-under on this game. Currently sits at 46 a half. This one is one of those to where if Florida State loses, it is going to be easier for the committee to figure out who it is they're going to be sending to the championship. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. If Florida wins or Florida State wins, it will be easier for them to decide who's going to go, even though, like Paul Feinbaum, um, he has some good takes, but for the most part, him and a couple other, uh, like Colin Coward, I, I just don't care for their, their takes. I don't care for how they view a lot of this stuff. I agree. Um, but uh, if Florida State does win, it is going to make it considerably easier on the committee to to decide who those Final Four are going to be um, for the national championship. But should Florida State lose this one, um, then it is going to be a very yeah. tumultuous time for the committee to try to figure out who the four most well. I can't say this. I I started to say the most. Uh, most deserving but it should be a combination of the best teams and the most deserving um the the best team may not necessarily or the the most deserving team may not necessarily coincide with being a best team if that makes any sense
1: yes because at the end of the day you have got to unequivocally say these four teams on a third party field are the best for. Teams in the NCAA. That is what yes. you have to say at the end of the day. Many years they've got they've gotten it wrong. There have been many Final Fours where we have they have just shat the bed and proved that they well, I mean, didn't belong last, in that game. Like TCU. last year, yeah. I mean, last year proved more than anything. Honestly. Yes. However, I love chaos in in sports. I love chaos. I love when the unexpected happens. And I do not like Florida State University.
0: Well, we have not had any sort of like full on chaotic weekend.
1: So give me of
0: collegiate sports for this season. I mean, multiple people have have said where's where's, you know, meltdown Saturday when yeah. when you know teams that should have, you know, lost by this point have, have gotten that L to make it that easier. Here.
1: Come on, guys. Yes. So give me a chaotic upset. Give me Louisville getting a little revenge. They're pissed off they lost to Kentucky. Upset Florida State and put some chaos on the committee and have them have to say, uh, because I honestly think Florida State, even though I, I, I don't necessarily fully agree with Feinbaum on everything. I do think they along with Washington are on these thin lines. Like that they are in the 3 and 4 position. I think they're on very thin lines at 3 and 4. I think if either of them lose, the committee will easily be like, "Okay, we can easily take them out and put two other better teams in this." So, give me a little bit to upset Florida State. And I hope
0: that that is the same outcome, too, and that's the one that I'm going to be shooting for, is Louisville is going to be able to upset Florida State and make it much easier on the, the committee to – or, sorry, much more difficult on the committee to figure out who exactly is going to be taking what would be that uh, third and fourth spot um, because as it stands, since – it's weird to say that, though, because the only loss that Ohio State has throughout the entire season right now is against Michigan. They're of course not going to be playing for the conference championship, um, which right now stands to be Michigan versus Iowa, and we're actually going to be talking about that one here next. But honestly, how, how do you how do you say that that Oregon or even um, Washington at this point, regardless of whoever wins that game, should be put in even above Ohio State? Or either of those teams at this point, right now, should be put in above Alabama, who also only has one loss. And that one loss, albeit is to Texas, that also begs to ask the question if Texas winds up, of course, beating Oklahoma State, how do you put, you know, give Bama the benefit of the doubt over Texas? So, I mean, there's so many things that could wind up setting up as possibilities as to, if Florida State loses this game, yeah, as to what direction is the committee going to take on this? Whereas if Florida State were to win, they're you know
1: they're going to have it easy on themselves. So, so before we get to those other two games, let's say Georgia and Michigan stay 12 and 0 after this weekend, but Washington okay. and FSU go to eleven and one. You then have to say, do their eleven and one belong before Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, or if Alabama wins.
0: Well see at that point at that point I was gonna
1: say, well if well if Alabama wins
0: over the weekend, then that's a mute point because then Georgia would have that loss on there. And then that gives them the opportunity for several of these other players. But I doubt for the fact that Georgia has gone this entire season having not lost any games. And then I I seriously I don't want to see the committee
1: saying, Okay, if Washington loses to Oregon and Florida State loses to Louisville, I could see the committee saying we can't even if Bama wins, we can't just take Georgia out of the top four. Right. That would be a more likely
0: scenario than Georgia getting dropped out of the top four in any capacity, even though if Alabama beats Georgia, it's number eight, being beating number one but Georgia has played multiple top 10 opponents, much less 15 or 20 or 25 opponents. They have gotten them whenever they have been ranked inside the top 10 for most of the games and have still been able to take care of business and throughout a majority of them take care of business even more handedly. whenever it is a higher caliber or a higher ranked opponent than what it was against the times that they took on someone of a lower caliber or perceived lower caliber.
1: If those two things happen, if Florida State loses, if Washington loses, if Bama wins and Oregon wins, I say they easily have justification in sliding Oregon and Alabama into that three and four, even if you have Georgia and Michigan up to one. If Michigan wins. Iowa could also th- cause some chaos which I also would not be against some chaos on that aspect either
0: we'll see and that's the thing is and we touched on this last week just barely and we'll go ahead and kind of get into it Iowa currently sits at 10 and two mm-hmm. on the season seven and two in the big Ten West Michigan of course 12 and0 uh. To know in the Big Ten East, Iowa throughout their entire season has scored more than 25 points mm-hmm. twice. I was about to say three, they have scored more than 25 points once or twice the entire season. And that was against Western Michigan and then against Michigan State. Michigan State, they only hit 26 points. And then against Western Michigan, it was 41 points. But throughout their entire season, they have gone over that 25-point mark twice. However, on the other side of the ball, defensively, here's a rundown of the number of points that they have allowed Throughout the season, starting at uh, game one, going through game 12, 14, 13, 10, 0, 16, 14, 6, 10, 7, 0,
1: 13, and 10. That's a defense, man.
0: And that's why they're currently sitting at 10 and 2. But the problem is Michigan is going to score some points, but how many points are you going to allow them to score? And then beyond that, it is – are you going to be able to score any points whatsoever? Because if it doesn't matter if you can keep the opponent from scoring points. If you're not scoring any points yourselves, then (laughs) – I mean, it is what it is. Excuse me, it is what it is at that point. Uh, This game taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the – Lucas Oil Stadium, so it is going to be at the uh, Colts Stadium. Uh, Michigan is currently favored by 22 points. The over-under is currently set at 34.5. So like I said earlier, anything under the 45 points is expected to be a, a snooze fest in terms of scoring, and they have definitely pegged this one as a defensive game or playing a little bit more into Iowa's favor. Um, but in this aspect they're saying that Iowa may score twelve points in this one. Um, I would love I would absolutely love my household would go insane and it will make for a hell of a uh Christmas, uh Christmas day, uh Christmas uh, morning breakfast was how we're doing it with uh Katie's side of the family this year. Um it would be an ecstatic day, uh if Michigan were to go down to Iowa. Um, But I honestly don't think that is going to be the case. I called it a long time ago. I think our final um, championship game is going to wind up being Georgia versus Michigan. So um, while I'm probably going to get smacked around uh, and um, told that I am am doing absolutely the wrong thing, uh, I am going to take Michigan to –
1: to beat Iowa in this one, I'd love that chaos. I've already picked my chaotic game, and that is Louisville beating Florida State. There cannot be that much chaos, so yeah, I, right. There's I, only so much to, yeah, to go around. I don't think that I don't think that Iowa can do it against. I don't think Iowa can do it against Michigan as much as I think Louisville can do it against Florida State. Right. So, yeah. So Michigan will probably take this one with. I'm not going to say some ease, but probably score more on them than they've had scored on on them all season. Right. Uh, But I I would love to see them win. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure.
0: Now, I know that we've been talking about this, and this is something that we've added in the last several weeks, talking about the ticket prices and stuff like that. And some of the ones that we mentioned today – uh, New Mexico State Liberty, $25. Oregon, Washington, $15. Michigan, Iowa, at $37. Oklahoma State, Texas, at $49. Uh, the Battle for Ohio at $3. The Boise State, UNLV, at $25. SMU, Tulane, as low as $11. App State, and Troy, as low as $18. And Louisville, Florida State, as low as $34. This one which is, uh, according to everything, the game, and that is going to be the SEC Championship. Georgia taking on Alabama at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Falcons Stadium there in Atlanta, Georgia. Tickets for this one, $339 at their lowest point, with Georgia being a five-point favorite over-under on this game, sitting at 55.5. Any
1: other conference was as dominant or more dominant than the SEC, your tickets would be higher. The numbers don't lie. This is the game. The numbers don't lie. This is is where everyone's eyes are going to be. And this is my other chaotic game. Give me Alabama to upset Georgia. (laughs) Oddly enough, this is a 4 p.m.
0: kickoff, so we're going to be able to see whether or not uh, Georgia is going to firmly remain in the driver's seat or if there's going to be some, uh, as, as you'd like to put it here recently, uh, complete chaos and Alabama possibly get the victory. Uh, but Georgia comes in 12-0, 8-0 in conference. Alabama coming in 11-1, 8-0 in conference. So conference record is perfect. Alabama only have that one loss to Texas. And we've, of course, already kind of mentioned that in terms of, you know, what what are the possibilities or, you know, what could potentially happen? How could you possibly put so many of these other teams ahead of Alabama or even have them jump Georgia if Alabama were to beat Georgia in this game? But regardless, whoever you wind up putting up against either one of these teams, I don't see where either one of those other teams is going to have a possibility for a victory other than what would have been Ohio State or Michigan and Ohio State at this point is firmly out of the picture. However, depending on what happens throughout today and tomorrow,
1: what could happen. Just give me the chaos, man, like I I can't Georgia is is along with Florida is just one of those teams that I've never been able to cheer for. Right. Like, I can cheer for Alabama over Georgia, and I think it's probably because they're in the West, not the East. And even though I should most most SEC East fans, most SEC fans would probably say you can cheer against your own division, but you want your division to be dominant. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. Like, I- but I also would not cheer for the person who beat the Cowboys to go to the division in the NFL. Right. I wouldn't be like, you know what? All's all's all right now. I guess I'll I'll cheer for Philly. Right. No, it doesn't work like that. Plus, my best friend is a Bama fan. My cousin's a Bama fan. I've I'm not saying I'm a Bama fan, but I Yeah, he's actually love... gonna be at this game. Yes, he is. Duckett is actually at work right now, working on the wall. And uh he said once I leave here tonight I'm heading to Georgia. I was like, oh, Of course you are. You're still young enough to do it. You go right ahead. You go right. right ahead and drive after working two jobs. No thank you, and a dentist appointment. No thanks. Ugh, I'll be no. in bed when you get off. <laughs> we so, will be
0: enjoying all of these games from the comfort yes, of our
1: living room. Absolutely, we will. Give me Bama to upset. Um, I, th- I I would love to see Georgia lose. I just it's something I need to see because I haven't seen it. And too long.
0: In a couple
1: of years now? Yes.
0: I look at it this way. I think there is going to be complete chaos, but the complete chaos will not take place until next year. And I think that Georgia may go ahead and be the first three-peat national champion this year. But next year, they are going to be lost. Like, you'll see it as a situation where – Georgia being the first team ever in NCAA history to go back-to-back-to-back as national champions. And I don't want to say they will completely fall off the wagon next year, but there will be a serious, serious drop-off from what they have been from the last several years. So, yeah, I'm going to take Georgia to take this one. And, of course, you know they are now (laughs) as it stands my pick uh for the national championship but we'll see how that goes um, after this weekend so
1: absolutely it's going to be a a, an interesting episode on monday especially if some of this chaos does happen that's what I, i hope that some of the chaos does happen to make monday's conversation like oh my god i can't wait to talk about the chaos Even if just one of the games, like Louisville beats Florida State, I'll be giddy. And I'll just be like, oh, man, shaking things up. This is why I love this game.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, guys, anyone that does want to participate, of course, um, we will probably be putting out our list of picks uh, sometime today or tomorrow uh, on the social media pages. So make sure that you go in, uh, like, comment, share. Um, put down your picks, uh, who you think will also be in the top four, uh, who will also be your pick for the national champion for this season. Uh, Of course, we'll be having more shows as it gets up to the different bowl games and, of course, as we get closer to it. Uh, And also, um, for your favorite team, has there been any portal movement that you know of at this point? Because we are five days away from the official opening, of transfer portal season for college football. Um, And that's definitely some stuff that we're going to be talking about in the quote-unquote off season. Um, So, yeah, this has been our championship weekend preview show. On behalf of all of all Tyler McDaniel, I am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe saying we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.